all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit provides information on how you can lead a healthy lifestyle. I'm the host, Josie Bidwell. Search for and subscribe to Southern Remedy on any podcasting app to not miss any episode. Good morning and thanks for listening. Today we're talking about the gardening benefits to health, green care therapy. Exposure to plants and gardening has been well researched and well documented that there are truly some benefits to both physical and mental health. So my question to you all is why don't we do more of it? Even if it's a a tiny little garden right outside of your apartment or a large garden, a few pots um, inside your house or even outside, you really can reap the benefits. You can have an herb garden. You can have a small vegetable garden. You can eat what you reap, and that is not just fun but healthy. So today I'm just so delighted to have... Mississippi's maybe the South's favorite garden expert, Felder Rushing, um, here with us. Morning, Doc. Good morning. I really am excited. I've known Felder for a very, very long time, and I've learned a ton from him. Um, But today now, we're going to talk about the gardening path to health and longevity, okay? We're not talking about specific plant questions for Felder, but... Felder and I are going to talk about the health benefits. It's not as important how high you mow your grass, but do you mow your grass or do you outsource it to somebody else to do it for you? Oh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. So, exactly. And I think, you know, gardening has been just green space. Now, we can talk about gardening specifically because I'm a gardener and I love doing it and I love reaping the benefits of that. But... Some people maybe don't want a garden, but they they need to know. You all need listeners to understand what green space does for you, what having green plants around you does for you. Not only is it gratifying to have something living that is improving your environment, because it is, sometimes the routines of gardening and getting out and walking about and pulling weeds and hoeing um, are really more beneficial than you realize. Heart healthy. Heart healthy. You know, heart meaning your soul and your mind and your what you think and your connections with other people and your community. Yeah. All that's involved. And, you know, before the show, uh, Felder and, and his lovely lady, Susan, and I were talking about how um, I think you all know that Felder spends 
what the entire summer in um, England typically six, six months a year six months yeah, a all year. summer I mean have you been here in the summertime doc uh-uh, oh my, I'm yeah. out of here <laughs> <laughs> but but also gardening is a way of life in England because in the summer because it's easier right it's really tough on on anybody right now when it's hot right. and dry and sticky and all and it's not that big a deal in England so naturally they garden more yeah it's gotten better just the last few days but yeah you <laughs> Usually, my husband and I kind of wear out by the 1st of August. It's like, okay, we're done. We're going to just now see what we can plan for for the fall, which is um, another one of those wonderful heart-healthy things you can do as you do a project together that if you get your family to join in, your grandkids or your children, there's so many different ways that you can do gardening or just caring for potted plants if you don't want to raise fruits and vegetables or herbs. It, there are so many different things that you can do to benefit yourself. And um, Felder and I were talking about this. I, I really do want us to to focus on, on why the U.K. I mean, they really do promote gardening. It is easier, but then there are times when it's not easier. Um, sometimes those wet winters can be tough, right? It is. As a matter of fact, you know, I enjoy gardening in the fall and the winter and spring more than the summertime because mm-hmm. it's not as hot. Mm-hmm. You don't have as many bugs. You don't have to worry about wasps and all those kind of things. And, you know, and the days are shorter, but there's and there's not as many things you can grow. But I, I was out after dark last night turning some dirt over, mm-hmm. not because I wanted to, because it's too hot, too hard to dig. So I watered it. I loosened up a little bit, watered again, and last night it just turned over like chocolate cakes. I'm ready to plant. So you can you don't have to garden hardcore. But mm-hmm. to me, fall and winter and spring gardening is a whole lot easier. In England, it's too dark and drizzly. Sun yeah. comes up at 1030 in the morning, goes down at 330 in the afternoon. Wow. Yeah. And it, but it's not any colder. But we have really, really nice winters. And coming into winter, this is a great time for, for children, too, because they're daunted by all the stuff. Anyway, fall gardening is to me is the, is the easiest. So we can we can certainly talk about that some. And if you have any real specific questions for Felder, I'm sure he will start the answer. But um, again, let's talk about how you can get your family, your loved ones, your significant other involved in in doing gardening. I'd love to hear stories about whether or not you do or how you perhaps got into it. Honestly, to to me, the reason I got involved in gardening, I guess, although I've always loved living things, plants and yeah. animals, and wanted to be a vet before I wanted to be a pediatrician. But both of my grandmothers were incredible models. They both grew things mm-hmm. that they ate. Um, you know, n- neither um, were... And and this wasn't because they had to. Um, I'm not going to tell you that I grew up in an impoverished family. Impoverished? I did not. Yeah. But um, I had grew up with hardworking grandparents. They had money to buy food, but they grew their food because they thought that's what they were supposed to do. They well, loved they, doing it. They were raised in an era where you couldn't just go down to the 
corner store and get fresh peppers. That's true. In the middle of the winter. So That's they true. had to put stuff up and all that. Yeah. And and they did. And yeah. I toted many a bucket of water helping water things and picking um tomatoes that honestly were humongous in my child eyes. But one thing that I thought maybe as we're moving along in this, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. I talked some about the U.K. They have really numerous studies that have looked not only at the mental health benefits of being outside and breathing the fresh air and being in the sunlight Mm -hmm. and some of those things, but There also have been studies, both in the U.K. and Japan, about altering EEGs, brainwave tests. Yeah, and and they've done some studies that talked about it helps with memory-related nerves. Yes. You know, regenerate stuff. And uh, horticulture therapy has always been a big deal if you need it. But in England, they start children out gardening as part of the school curriculum. It's not an after-school thing. They teach kids how to grow stuff because they're an island. They think like an island. Mm-hmm. And, they're, they, they, you know, it's not a hobby. They have to put down their electronic equipment and plant some lettuces or some shard or something like that. It's part of the curriculum as if that's a normal part of learning how to be a, a human. That's so interesting. I wonder why we've gotten so far away from that in the U.S. You know, math, science, literature, history, that kind of stuff. Those are, you know, those are predominant things. Music Mm -hmm. is extra. Athletics is extra. Gardening is extra. Because we, you know, that's just just our system. I'm I'm not going to judge it, but you were raised with gardeners. I was raised with gardeners. I, I, my, my grandma, my great-grandmother called me a little professor when I was 10 years old. She showed me little things that come back <laughs> to me, like, uh, why do they call snapdragons snapdragons? Now, that's not horticulture, but it connected me to a plant that connect, made me start noticing and focusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, uh, gardening with other people. I was on a garden tour yesterday, Doc, and the woman there, her, her parents are gone. She's, you know, she lives with herself. And she started talking about an iris that she grows that came from her grandmother's, and she burst into tears. Mm. So even if you don't have a significant other or children, sometimes when you garden with plants that came from somebody or remind you of things, that's a connection. You know, right. it's an it's a emotional and mental connection with other people, especially if it's a plant that was passed along from somebody. Yeah. See, so there's connections, even if you don't have anybody to talk to while you're doing it. Absolutely. One of my most favorite things to do is share plants with other individuals. So, you know, my, my gardening allows me to, you know, clip and root things and then then to share, to divide plants and then to share. So it can... It can be one of those gift-giving things. And like you mentioned, I have uh, naked ladies from my <laughs> grandmother. You're so country, Doc. I'm country. <laughs> uh, I have um, the Sansevieria, the um, snake plants mm-hmm. from my grandmothers yeah. um, that have, have grown and been passed on. But... We we also share with our children and our friends. And As a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting. You know, your garden club in, in Canton, mm-hmm. 
when certain plants in Canton bloom, there's a, there's a, an old chrysanthemum bloom. So people call it country girls or clerk girls, big old pink thing. Yep. You can't buy it anywhere. But when it comes into bloom in Canton, I see connections because every time you see it, and it's older, young, male or female, old, you know, it, 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 across all social, racial, no matter what, when that plant comes into bloom, I see community because mm-hmm. that plant shows the connections between people. Right, right. You mentioned our garden club. I just have to say I've been very proud of the garden club. We um, often, individuals will share mm-hmm. bulbs or whatever, and we'll have, you know, the, just a big planting around Canton trying to pretty things up. Yeah, yeah. Right? And if it's the kind of plants that somebody is inclined to maybe take a little piece of it or some seeds from one of the garden club and put it in their garden. Mm-hmm. It's like guerrilla gardening. Yeah. Uh, I welcome people to, to take plants and seeds and cuttings because it spreads it out. And again, I like those social. Gardening for me is physical. I dig. You know, I push, I lift, I do all these physical things. You know, it's really good. But that's, you know, not everybody does that. But I garden with the connections. When I look at a, that Sansevier you mentioned, mm-hmm. it came from Africa. And I found out the route it made from Africa to Europe to North America, and there's history there. And uh, little little things like that bring plants alive, and I love sharing those as much as the, 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 the physical aspects of gardening with other people. Right. I think, you know, the other thing I want to bring up, um, maybe we'll go to our first break, and after the break we'll come back. I want to talk about how gardening doesn't have to be expensive. In fact, it can be pretty inexpensive, right? Country country folks been gardening a long time before they had paychecks. Right. Um, just one more study I'll tell you about. Um, a psychologist, an environmental psychologist, looked at the post-operative recovery time um, of patients who had views of plants and trees from their post-operative room, whether it was through a window or visually in pictures or or plants in the room. And in everyone's mood and recovery seemed better, quicker, and happier when they were allowed to view natural scenes mm-hmm. and green space and the like. And so that's just continued. Now, at, during the break, we were talking about something about air quality and improvement with houseplants. Let's you know, talk it, a little it, bit about that. Everybody knows that houseplants uh, take toxins out of the air. Everybody knows that. And the fact is, it's not true. It was based on NASA research done in Mississippi. Bill Wolverton, Wolverton did it, Dr. Mm-hmm. Wolverton. But what he did is he put plant in little boxes and he pumped in certain things. He measured things that way. But as soon as you put your plants in a big room or if there's an open door or whatever, the air circulation all like that, it really does that. You know, and when you water plant, it drives air out of the potting soil. It pulls air in, which sort of acts like a carbon filter. But you'd have to have so many plants in your room that the mold would cause more problems. So it's, it's, a, it's a myth that it improves air quality, but having them there is good for, for us. For even if it's just one little plant, like that Sansevier. You grow a Sansevier and an ashtray on a television. <laughs> but, <laughs> they but are hardy. They're, they're, I will they're say really that. Hard. You know, and I grow them because I'm gone a lot, but I have different kinds. And when they put on a new leaf, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes they bloom, but just, just you don't have to grow... 
fancy things like African violence, any kind of plant. It's like having a, a cat or a dog for comfort. Plants are comforting, too. They really are. And I, I think what what we have to keep in mind is that we tend to too quickly turn to a medication when there's some simple things out there mm-hmm. that we can do. Now, we've talked about growing plants, but, but there have also been some major health benefits just from walking around in a garden in green space. And Japan and the UK, I'm going to keep bringing them up because they do a wonderful job. They're, they're of, islands. They, you know, they've, they've done what they've done on a small space for a long time. For a long time. And we, we're still learning. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we're still spread out. Right. Because the, the, they have clearly recognized the value of green space. Now, of course, Japan, um, is, is, got a huge population so if they they didn't protect green space there would be none i guess england England has 40 million people living in an area the size of mississippi oh my goodness 40 million people and it'll fit inside mississippi so it's important yeah they preserve footpaths and they plant trees and flowers everywhere because people need to get out and walk yeah because they're cooped up all the time otherwise yeah, and I, I think that's the other thing that we have to remember is you said get out and walk. Mm-hmm. There are way too many of us here in the U.S., and um, not just the adults, but our children continue to to unfortunately be on their electronic devices too mm-hmm. much, not go outside. We continue to see a lot of vitamin D deficiency out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. because you got to get outside. Even if you have vitamin D in your diet, if you're going to convert things into active, you've got to have sunlight. That's right. I, I will mention this. I'll put some sunscreen on the end of your nose and the tips of your ears. <laughs> I, I learned that the hard way. Yeah, that's good advice. That's <laughs> That's really good advice. So, Felder, is there any particular advice that you would have for someone if, if okay, you just, it seems too hard to get into gardening, is, is and but you want to reap the ben- benefits, or perhaps yeah. you want to teach somebody that you love the benefits and have them perpetuate it. Is, is there some advice on how maybe to get started in that? Well, there, there's a lot of things, and, and they're not necessarily horticultural. You know, medical doctors sometimes have to give, have to deal with the emotional aspects with right. their patients. Gardening is the same way. I tell people all the time, if you like to mow grass, that's fine. But if you don't have a lawn and don't like to mow grass, it's like shaving. It's something that you actually did that day. A lot of people can't look over their shoulder and see something they did, like painting mm-hmm. a picture or whatever. And so taking care of plants, watering, uh, mowing, mowing a little grass, planting some flowers, things like that, gives you a feeling of of, uh, of connectedness, of, of uh, being um, uh, involved, mm-hmm. it, you know, just a little bit here and there. So you don't have to have a big garden, a, a pot, just a pot. And this is true with kids, too, kids and new adult gardeners. If you just have a big pot and put one basil plant, one oregano plant, one rosemary plant, maybe some pansies for the wintertime, 
then you've got a nice little garden. All you got to do is water it every now and then. And when you get ready to, to, to go out and snip some fresh herbs, you've got ownership of your meals from one little pot on a patio or on a windowsill. So you can grow little things and get the same feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't do drugs but I eat hot peppers, so I get all the endorphins that I need. You know, and when I when I when I, I scrub my fingernails till my fingers tingle, that connects me with my body. Mm-hmm. That's just sitting there watching television doesn't do so. Little things in a small space, uh, and, and to me the easiest thing, even if you got a big garden, have a a pot or a little small raised bed, maybe four feet by four feet, and plant lots of different stuff in there, so that you always have something. Something dies, you can't tell. But instead of just row crop like farmers and starting right. in the spring. And, it doesn't have you know, to be big. It's yeah. like working with kids. I tell people, don't start kids out saying, we're going to grow sunflowers. Because kids don't understand that seed is going to take uh, a month and a half, two months. And kids, they, they don't think that way. But if they say, well, we're going to plant something that you can put on your pizza or in your spaghetti, a little oregano, a little thyme in a pot, then they immediately can start harvesting and connecting you know, their food with something they actually did instead of having to wait. I'd say, look, if you're going to plant sunflowers, kids, have them draw a sunflower on a piece of paper and put it on a stick out there, <laughs> which, which is art. I like but, that. But it keeps them focused. It right. says, this is our goal, and it teaches grown-ups is- how to ha- set goals, too, without necessarily pushing it way down the road. Yeah. Instant gratification works for grown-ups, too. Yeah. I'll tell you, I had my little four-year-old grandson over uh, this past Sunday, and I grow zinnias. I guess half the world in Mississippi grows zinnias. The for kids and grown-ups. Yeah. And so we had a bunch of pretty all different color flowers. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to cut flowers for his mother. And so we went through, and he named the colors, and uh, he pointed to the flowers he wanted, and I cut them for him. Mm -hmm. But um, he put them down in the water just the way he wanted them arranged, and he was so proud. It was the most fun. And my granddaughter's just, she's just coming up on three. But and she calls me Felder. She, and I, I don't look like a papa or something, but she calls me Felder. And uh, and I brought back from England a little turning fork, a little digging fork. It's a really not a plastic thing like you get here. And we went out and we planted lettuces. And she goes out there and she doesn't say lettuce; she says salad. Salad. A little bit. She goes She's out there. She's picking her salad. Picking salad. I planted some English peas back in the spring, and so she will grow up associating me mm-hmm. with food from the garden, with flowers with sweet peas, with, you know, those kind of things, because that's her earliest memories of interacting with nature with me. And, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a kind of a, it's an egotistical thing, but I want her to remember me. And if she remembers me, my colorful salads and English peas, wow. Precious, precious yeah. memories. I will tell you, I have so many precious memories of those grandmothers I told you about, mm-hmm. and my grandfather who loved growing big, huge mm-hmm. tomatoes too, yeah. which is not easy to do. You no. don't you don't start a kid out growing tomatoes. You start them out with some oregano and basil, yeah, so they can like make that. something with tomatoes. Right. And take them to a farmer's market to get tomatoes where they smell like tomatoes mm-hmm. instead of off the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So and. I want to go back to to talking about some of the the mental health benefits. I will say that 
if I ever feel stressed, I, I know a lot of the mindfulness exercises and the, the way to pull myself back to the center. I teach that. But um, I will say, for me, if I go out into my garden and if I just start trimming back the dead leaves or are just watering or just walking around looking, my mind loses all that other stuff that's been bothering me. It's sort of like journaling, yeah. except you can do do the walking around your garden looking at it a little more passively, I guess. I, I, I take it at a little sinister level. Okay. Uh, you know, first of all, I, you know, I, I pr- I'm a practicing stoic. Things can always be better. They can always be worse. So in gather ye rosebuds while you may. Now, we're not talking about hedonism. But if I'm upset or angry, I go out and pull weeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sort of a little vindictive streak. You know, and if I see somebody, if I, somebody wants to plant something, I say, well, that really doesn't grow here. You know, I hurt their feelings. You know, I should have said, give it a try. But if it doesn't die, if it doesn't grow and it dies, you know, I get a little schadenfreude. I feel, you know, a little. so, you know, there's, you know, there's all sorts of emotions and you can do those without having anybody around. You know, I mean, there's some plants out there dying because of the heat and drought. And I feel oh, bad yeah. because mine died, too. Yeah. But instead of cutting my little Jim Magnolia down, 15 years old, dead as a doorknob, instead of cutting it down, which I'll do eventually, I got some spray paint. I fixed it up. I heard that story. <laughs> it's not a story. You know, people say, what's up with that? I said, I feel good, you know, and it looks better than an empty hole in the yard. Unfortunately, we have had, uh, I think this is one of those lessons that we all have. We have to um, look at what grows natively, as you've mentioned, so we don't get too frustrated about it. You don't want to have something that's too hard, that's too difficult to maintain, right? I I learned a new word a couple of weeks ago. It's real important. It's not nostalgia, which is remembering the way things used to be, and it's not eco-anxiety, but it's called solastalgia. Solastalgia. Missing comfort. It's a changing world, whether it's politics or, or the weather or whatever. Things are changing dramatically, and we feel helpless and powerless against this changing. Well, if you tend to a few little plants in your garden, you know, focus on the here and now. You know, just a, a pot full of herbs, maybe a couple of flowers, a pepper plant, which, by the way, has a pepper has more vitamins in it than an orange, and they're a mm-hmm. whole lot easier to grow in Mississippi. But by focusing on something that you're in charge of, you get a feeling of of uh, you're empowered. You've got a little grip on a crazy, crazy world out there. So uh, I think it's really important to 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 remember that we need to focus on the here and now. And gardening is a good way because you got to take care of it. You just don't have to go whole hog. Right. Mm-hmm. I love the fo- focus on the here and now because I think that's one thing that we do very badly in general is we think about what happened yesterday that we can't do anything about. Or we worry about what might happen tomorrow that we can't do anything about either. Yeah. And so if we focus on the here and now and and do what we can do right now, right before us, to perhaps improve something or make something better, then um, then everyone will be better off. Yeah, and, and we will too. Yeah. You know, but, you know, and there's so much a sense of, you know, again, a lot of people 
you know, there's couples who garden together, and no two people garden alike. No. And there's always going to be differences of opinion. And you got to learn how to get along. Uh, when you're by yourself, you do what you want. And if something doesn't work, you feel frustration, sadness, you know, those emotions. But you just, you know, my, my or, in my order, order of importance, how I deal with stuff in the garden, if you can't fix it, like spray painting, you know, or like, like replanting, <laughs> right. if you can't fix it, flee it, or fight it, flow with it. And you're having trouble taking care of a big lawn? Have a smaller lawn. Make it a, a putting green lawn yeah. with just mulching trees and stuff. But, you know, you don't have to do what society tells you you have to do. You don't, That's you the don't, beauty you of it. You can just do it the way you want to do it. Gardening is highly personal. It's highly personal. And, uh, in couples, you need to have your two separate gardens. <laughs> you know? Some people don't like bottle trees. Some people hang stuff out of holes in their ears. Yeah. You know, I put bottle trees in the yard because in the wintertime, when my, my pineal gland is shrunk up, not enough stimulation, start to get the winter blues, the color that comes in from what little light is out there in the winter, the color keeps my pineal gland plump. Yeah, and keeps him from getting his depressed, like a like a church poor man's stained glass. Yeah. Talking science here. Listen to you. Um, <laughs> okay, we have a caller. Garth is going to join in the conversation from Tupelo. Hi, Garth. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, I want. I've got a few comments I'd like to make, and the first one, believe it or not, is is strange. It really says. If you want to dial the show, dial 877-NOT-601 because there's a nice lady on the other end who gets loads of phone calls aimed for the show. Um, oh. I thought I'd just tell that. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, but anyway, um, I, I relate to a lot of what Father was saying. Uh, as you could probably tell, I was born in England mm-hmm. uh, in the 1950s. What and, part? Uh, what part? What part of England? Round Warwickshire. Okay. Uh, around Scotland and Avon and, yep. and Leamington Bar. Southerner. And I often listen to you when you're out there, Felder, um, seeing a lot of things that I remember well. But um, I was lucky and fortunate enough to uh, have gardening as part of my curriculum when I was at school. And I remember how, you know, one of my major memories is, is going into the uh, greenhouse and, and the smell of the greenhouse and the and the creating potting plants and and doing you know things like that it's just a wonderful memory um i also think that uh, i'm very fortunate in my younger life i um, grew up mostly eating vegetables fresh vegetables from the garden and fresh meat and uh fresh fish and i think that's led me to have a very robust immune system and i think that today good point a lot of mm-hmm. our kids are only you just have uh, stuff from uh, you know, processed food, and that worries me a lot. So I think we need to move back to gardening for health reasons and also for financial reasons, because uh, real food costs a lot of money these days in the shops. You've brought up a couple of really excellent points, Garth, and that's one. That's the other reason I so much love gardening is that I can go out and I can pick my vegetable dinner um, that I know exactly what went into it. And whether or not who picked it, wash your hands first. Right. (laughs) I I know exactly. And and I know exactly, yeah, what what went into it, what went on it. And 
to me, I believe I can taste the difference in an oh, eggplant yeah. or a pepper that came from a grocery oh. store. The different varieties. That's, that's Perhaps. true. And, 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 you know, like you Yeah, like you say, you know, as far as food thing, a lot of people don't realize a pepper has as much vitamins as as as, as oranges. It, it, we can't grow oranges. We can grow peppers and put them in the freezer, and those things are anywhere from a dollar to three dollars a piece right now in Mississippi. And you can grow them yourself in a pot with some. Or, see, I'm going to say oregano. <laughs> oregano. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's from south. See, we, we live up in the northern England. That's like being in Mississippi. He's from like New England. So we say oregano. We say oregano. They say okay. oregano. Yes. But but yes. anyway, there's some really good points. Yeah. Now, the, the other thing that I was going to say that I think Felder would agree with, the difference between buying potatoes and taking them out the ground and eating them is tremendous. They're so wonderful when they come out the ground and you eat them. And you feel it's smug, different. too. Some feeling smug yeah. is, a, is an important human thing. Yeah. I did that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I agree. I have to say, I... I have to say, I find cha- gardening in Mississippi more challenging than uh, gardening in the UK, for sure, with the uh, humidity and the clayish soil that I've got. And it's a big challenge. Well, the difference is we can grow tomatoes outside here, and we can grow sweet potatoes in okra, yeah. and y'all can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then again, we don't eat rhubarb. Yeah. So, you know, every place. But the but the, the imp- what we actually do in the garden not what we grow, but what we do is similar mm-hmm. worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what we do. I like that. That's a good point. Yeah. And the benefits of what we do in the garden are a similar worldwide. So, well, Garth, thank you for that. Thanks for jumping in the conversation. I'd love thank to hear you. from others about your thoughts about gardening and and the benefits that you've reaped from gardening. So I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with our famous gardener, uh, Felder Rushing, garden expert, I guess. Uh, whatever. You what? know, I, I'm trained as a horticulturist. Yes. But really, I do as much psychology and sociology you do. as horticulture. You know, it's okay. See, this, you don't understand. My magnolia died. I'm thinking, mine died too, and I wrote the book. Yeah. I know, <laughs> you know all the right stuff to do, and it still didn't it happen. It ain't what you know yeah. is what you do. And stuff happens, bad stuff happens to all of us. Right. Whether you got a big family support system or you're part of a community or you're, or you're, you're in a, an apartment by yourself, gardening is a way where we can sort of empower ourselves and get connected with, with other things and not just your, your own s- sense of self-worth and involvement, but also you have, you're taking care of something, you yeah. know, so you're involved. So yeah, those, I like the empowerment yeah. word. I think that's a, a really good one. Yeah. Even in a small space, does mm-hmm. not you don't have to have a yard of the month. Mm-hmm. Make your own sign. You say windows, kitchen windowsill of the month. And that'll make you feel better. (laughs) Give yourself a pat on the back. I like that. So I'm going to just say one more um, thing about the true documented scientific studies Mm -hmm. that tell us how helpful it is. So we know regular or moderate exercise 
can reduce the risk of dementia. It helps mental health problems, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, cancer, stroke, et cetera. I could keep going. I mean, you know, picking up pecans is sort of like that half moon yoga pose. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Or downward dog or something like that. Um, So an Australian study said that gardening was found to be more effective than walking. Education on maintaining your alcohol intake at Mm -hmm. moderate levels. um, And it was more protective against dementia. So gardening is is better than than doing walking. Now, of course, they said education. Do do them both. Yeah, do them both. Do it. Do it all. Main um, moderate your alcohol, but if you're going to choose one or the other, I thought that was interesting. I would like to read that study more deeply. I'll need to do do that. You know, it can also be helpful in weight control, which people are always paying money for diets. Now I hear everybody in the world wants to be on a Zempic for their weight loss, but. If you would just keep in mind getting outside and and eating healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables is going to go a long way in helping you maintain good weight. One of the things they do in, in England and Japan, I've visited both countries where they have community gardens. They're mandated. In England, they have set-aside land that's dedicated to, they call them uh, allotments. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. village, they're required to set aside land. And small spaces. We're talking about little small raised beds in Japan and England. And people get together and garden in a small space, but they also interact with other people. They mm-hmm. walk there. They smell stuff. So good for you. Yeah. That social interaction. And especially for people who live alone mm-hmm. and perhaps feel lonely, then to to participate in something like a community garden could be just so beneficial. Uh, uh, make yourself go to the farmer's market and get really locally grown stuff and yeah. talk to the pr- people who grow it, and you'll get different varieties than you can buy at the store, which are grown to be shipped and stored and all like that. Right. So, and you can buy fresh zinnias and save some seeds and plant them yourself. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do when I'm down in Bay St. Louis is to go to their little farmer's market down there. There, mm. are, there are always people who, who have made and grown different things. And, and there's an older gentleman I always visit because he brings in all of his little plants mm-hmm. that he shares for nothing. Um, he sells them for a dollar or two. Yeah. Um, but I always come home with a prize. So loving, right. loving those farmer markets. Okay, let's go back to the phones. We have Mikey in Mobile. Hi, Mikey. Good morning. Um, this is a wonderful duo. Oh, <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank um, you. And thank you for um, the uh, um, incredible amass of information and dispensing it. To what, can, what, can, what can we help you with today? Um, connection that you have started me thinking about. Um, when people are in, say, the hospital or in, in uh, medical situations, which both of you, I'm sure, we're all familiar with. Sooner or later, it's going to be us. And often plants are the most welcome gift you can have. 
my question is, um, basically, it's not just under those conditions, but most important under those conditions, sterile potting soil. What makes it sterile potting soil? And whether or not when you've been the recipient of such things and you are able to start maybe looking around and getting in the garden or just being at home and looking in your house and going, so-and-so gave that to me. And look how good that made me feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what, what, what's your best advice? First of all, question, you know, sterile potting soil. It, it, does it have that's, to be? That's, what that's, does that mean? That's, that's, that's just a term. Uh, uh, soilless Soil media. Came, Cornell University came out of those in the 1940s. Before then, we all had dirt, D-I-R-T, dirt in our <laughs> potting soil. We added stuff to it to fluff it up. Cornell came out with a, a soilless mix. So they call it sterile because it doesn't have the pathogens that dirt has in it. But it's it's not sterile. But they just call it that. So, uh, and, uh, it, and in my garden, you know, when a pot... When I harvest something or something dies or whatever, I just dump that potting soil out, mix some stuff in it, put it right back in the pot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I studied horticulture. You're supposed to keep things, supposed to clean your pots and scrub them and all. I don't do any of that stuff because gardening, you interact with a lot of different things that are good for you. And uh, anyway, sterile is just a a, a marketing term, that's all. Yeah, and Mikey, you may be wondering if if that is better for like if a person is in the hospital or something. And and I've seen no evidence None. anywhere no. that there is increased risk of infection or anything like that for individuals who are hospitalized. Now, if you're in an intensive care, yeah, yeah. you don't unit, want intensive you don't care. Want, if they're wearing yeah. gloves, you don't right. want to. <laughs> you, you don't you don't want a potted plant in there or even flowers but but in in a regular hospital room there is there is no reason that an individual unless allergic should should not even reap a, the benefit of having even a bouquet pretty. of flower bouquet right. of flowers and a lot of people matter of fact you mentioned sansevier earlier a lot of people grow sansevier they call it snake plant or mother-in-law tongue because right. they got a little basket of all these different kind of plants when they were in the, when when uncle Harry's in the hospital and that's the only thing that would everything die. died you know, but yeah, that the prayer yeah. plant gave up the ghost yeah. the little palm died but they still got that and it reminds them of their grandmother or whatever mm-hmm. so I want to emphasize that plants can give you connections mm-hmm. to come and people uh, and your own youth, you know. Absolutely. And again, that that sharing of of different items uh, to me is just so wonderful. Today, we're talking about the health benefits of gardening, um, the health benefits of being around green space, around walking outside in a garden, even if you can't garden, the benefits of having a potted plant near you. So we were talking about a word, again, solastalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, Felder, let's talk a little bit more about that, because I, I have a question for you. You know, a lot of people right now, the grass is dead or dying, or they lost their ligustrum or, or, or something died. And that's not worried about, we're not worried about what happened 10 years ago. Not so much. But right now, we're losing our feeling of control and comfort and the familiar. And that creates a new type of anxiety, you know, about the here and now. And growing something, you know, even if, if you walk through a garden and see a butterfly, 
and it gives you a little or hummingbird. Mm. That's not horticulture. That's gardening. And it's, it's for the heart. And it's such a lift. Yeah, to sm- see. smelling something. You yeah. know, putting out a bird feeder. Mm-hmm. That's garden. It's not really gardening, but you st- get the same benefits as growing, uh, a, a filling your freezer with frozen corn. So I, I did want to just ask you a quick question about about that because. The gardener in me has been a little bit of con- concerned about yeah. the grass dying and some of our shrubs that I thought were going to be just fine that aren't. Um, do we need to be concerned? Do you feel like that that needs not to be a point of anxiety for if, gardeners? If there's something I could have done to save my 80-year-old Cleara, my 45-year-old Ligustrum, my 15-year-old Magnolia, if there's something I could have done as a horticulturist, I would have done it. I saw what was happening. Nothing I could do. Give it a good soaking. That's it. Yeah. And so you reach a certain point, like you've got an old cat, and it's, you, you know, and, it's just, you know, and you just have to, you know, get a picture, yeah. you know, and enjoy. But, you know, seize the moment, you know, yeah. plan ahead. So I know when that magnolia, when I dig it up, the hole's already for something else. Yeah. You know, one step in front of the other. Okay. Well, let's go to uh, our final caller, Lisa. We have about a minute for your question in Gulfport. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for calling. Hi. Hi. I didn't have a question. I wanted to just say I'm a big fan of both of your shows. Thank you. And a a faithful listener. And secondly, that uh, this is a lot to say in one minute, but um, I lost one of my daughters in June to Mm. ovarian cancer at a very young age, only uh, 29, and um, I have found that gardening, I moved back to the coast because I retired to take care of her, and I had been living in Mobile and working there for quite a few years. And uh, anyhow, um, gardening and being uh, around nature has been the most therapeutic thing for me. And uh, my new home in uh, Gulfport is just the backyard has everything in bloom, and I never know what's going to pop up and what's going to go away, but then come back and look different and and it just gives me this sense that I'm connected and we're all connected and that even when a life changes and we don't see it as it as we did before, it's still there. And it's just been uh, just, I love my backyard. I love it. And I love being out in it. And I just wanted to say that um, plants do connect us yeah. all. Yeah, and I'm sure that that the plants remind you of your your beautiful daughter who you lost. But I bet she's with you in that garden. So, thanks for adding that in. That was a great way to summarize things, wasn't it? Gardening is not horticulture; it's hortotherapy. I like that. That's good. Hortotherapy. <laughs> we'll remember that one. And sometimes let's get in and talk how we can argue with people about native plants versus other things and doing this and that. You know, there's some great opportunities let's to argue with people, too. <laughs> All right. I Thank can you do that. Thank, Thank you, you so much, My Felder. Pleasure. So Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and funding is provided in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and support from people like you, our listeners. Please go and listen to this podcast or any other podcast episodes on your favorite app. Search Southern Remedy, Relatively Speaking. 
This show is a production of MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.